more. Are you tired of chasing your calling? On today's episode, we talk about what your calling is and is not, why it's not always about your gifting, why it's usually found outside of your comfort zone, and why calling is more about who you are becoming than what it is that you're doing now. So let's jump right in to Dreamers and Disciples. Hope everyone is having a great day whenever you're listening to this episode. My name is Wade Joy, and I'm your host for Dreamers and Disciples. And today we have a great conversation with my friend Greg Bosch. Greg is the campus leadership pastor at Elevation Church, and we talk all about calling. Greg and I served together for many years at Elevation, and he has some incredibly helpful insights on this topic. I've heard him teach on it many times. He shares about it frequently on social media. And I really believe that this episode is going to help you. His thoughts on the matter have helped me a lot, so I've been excited to get him on the podcast. So before we get to that interview, let me share with you two things. Number one, we have a great free resource for you that you're going to hear more about at the very end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned all the way through because I want to make sure you get that and you'll hear more about it in my conversation with Greg. But also, if you haven't gotten my free ebook, uh, it's called Seven Rhythms to Renew the Health of Your Soul. I really encourage you to to get that. It's my free gift for you. It's a free guide at wadejoy.com. And it's simply a way to pray through seven key areas of your life to ensure that you're building your life around God's design in those areas. And I call them rhythms because rhythms flow and adjust around your priorities Um, but they need to be adjusted. They need to be prayed through. Sometimes a rhythm works in one season, but it's not the right rhythm for the next season. So this gives you some questions to go through to figure out, do the rhythms that I have fit the life that I have right now and the life that God is wanting to grow and develop in me? So check that out at wadejoy.com, seven rhythms to renew the health of your soul. Also, subscribe to the show if you haven't done that yet, so you won't miss episodes like this one, because this one is awesome. I can't wait for you to hear from my friend, Greg Bosch. Let's join that conversation now. All right, well, I'm here with the one and only Greg Bosch, campus leadership pastor at Elevation Church. And Greg, I am excited to have you on Dreamers and Disciples today. What's up, Wade? Thanks for having me, man. I love the podcast. Thank you. You and I... um, have shared a lot of good conversations over the last season. We, we share a lot of same passions about what God wants to do in our interior world, in our soul, in our, in our spirit. But one of the things yeah. that you've talked a lot about recently uh, is calling. And I love hearing your thoughts on calling. I think it's going to really bless people today. But before we get into that, just tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world right now with family and ministry. What does life look like for you? Yeah. Well, today we're actually celebrating our our daughter's two-year birthday. Her name is Isla Bravery. And uh, man, we were talking before we hit record here, but having a kid, it just, it rocks your world in so many amazing ways. She's only two and she's our only, our only child, but it's, I can't even remember what life was like before, before having her. And uh, it's, it's incredible how being a, being a father, being a parent will, um, upgrade your your view of how god views you so that's been uh it's just been a wild journey and and so fun and 
also hard. I'll be honest, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but we've learned learned and grown a lot along the way. And but yeah, just uh, just continuing to try to figure out how to do ministry in in the year 2020 and looking ahead to 2023 and figuring out how to reach people in in this crazy world that we live in. Um, love what we get to do, part of Elevation, and looking forward to what God has for us in this next season for sure. I love that. Well, happy birthday, Isla. I love her her middle name too, Bravery. That's great. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you did say, before we get into calling, you did say that being a parent has changed the way that you see how God sees you. Do you want to just elaborate on that a little bit, something that you've learned through this process? It is so amazing how you will do certain things for your children that are for their good or for their protection. And they have absolutely no idea why you would do these things to them or for them or, <laughs> right. or withhold things from them. And it just gives you so much humility when you step back and realize God is looking at us. Like I'm looking at my two-year-old right now, trying to make sure she doesn't eat sugar all day or stick her finger in the, in the electrical <laughs> socket. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's such a great, um, way of kind of repositioning our perspective and understanding that God's ways are so much higher than ours. God's thoughts are so much higher than ours. And it, it's a good reminder to be, to be very weary and be very careful that I don't allow myself to get to a place where I think I know better, or I think I've got God figured out, or I think I know the way things always ought to happen. And, and the reality is the gap between my wisdom and my two-year-old daughter's wisdom is nothing compared to the gap between mine and God's. So that's um, among a lot of things. That's probably been one of the coolest and, and, and most humbling lessons that I've picked up being a parent. Well, yeah, I mean, I echo all of that as a dad myself. But as you're talking about that gap sometimes between God's knowledge and our knowledge and the humility that we have to grow in as as followers of Jesus. I think it's a good way to get into the conversation of calling because a lot of times I think, especially in our church culture today, we think we can just decide, hey, I love doing this. This is my calling. And we can almost put that stamp on it without ever asking God, is this actually my calling? And I think you've been able to really give a lot of insightful just analysis of that. And there's something you posted that I think we can just start with this. You posted this on Instagram about a year ago. You said, your calling is not about your gifting. In the Bible, God often called people into assignments that were in conflict with, not not in alignment with their gifts. So let's start there. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think a a lot of what I say is generated out of frustration. (laughs) Frustration (laughs) and things that I see in myself, frustration and things that I see in people around me or or even people that I lead. And we live in this modern 21st century westernized culture where so much of the, the world we exist in is leaning more and more towards, uh, individual fulfillment, individual achievement, um, And that's one of the things that I've observed and and I think is really scary is that we take this idea of calling, which is very weighty and very precious and very important, not something to be, to be taken casually or to be taken lightly. It comes from God. Yeah. But we've allowed this, this high ideal of calling to kind of merge with these worldly ideas of 
pursuing my own dream or pursuing my own desire or, or living the life that I envision for myself. And I don't think it's necessarily bad for us to have dreams or desires at all. Um, but when we make, when we make calling about our dreams and desires, primarily, it is as if we are forging God's signature on the things that we actually want to do. And so that's where it yeah. shows up in this idea of gifting is I think there's a lot of wisdom in understanding your gifts, understanding your strengths, being self-aware is a worthy pursuit. But I don't think that's the same thing as living in your calling. The reason I say that is because if you look through the Bible, you will find all of these examples where God called people into assignments that did not line up with their strengths or their gifts, did not line up with the things that they were naturally good at. So it is a tension because on the one hand, I think it's a matter of stewardship and responsibility for us to know the things we're good at and try to maximize those. God gave us those for a reason, but it is possible in, in probably the, all of our realities that God will call us into moments where um, we will have to trust him in places where we are not strong, where we will have to trust him in places where we maybe don't feel wired to do a certain job or wired to carry out a certain assignment. And that's because God does not call us into places where we don't need him. Hmm. So the danger of, of kind of overlapping calling with gifting is you will naturally lean towards the things that you're good at. And the more you do that, the more you'll feel like you can do it on your own. And the more you'll feel like you don't need God to do it. So that's, that's one of those clarifiers that I wish more people would, would come to realize is that, just because you feel out of place or just because you feel uncomfortable or just because you feel like you're not in your sweet spot or you're using a muscle that isn't very well developed in you, that's not an indicator that you're outside of your calling. That may actually be the right. very thing that indicates that you're exactly where God wants you to be because of the way that it causes you to depend more on him. Uh, I love that perspective. I'm curious, do you have an example in your own life where you felt like, you got an assignment from God that felt like it was contradictory to what you felt like your strengths were? Yeah, I would, I would probably talk about some of what I do now. So my, you know, brief trajectory at Elevation, I came on staff seven years ago, stepped into a campus pastor role after a couple of years. And I felt like in that role, I was using a lot of, a lot of things that were natural strengths of mine or natural gifts of mine when it comes to things like teaching people and developing leaders and things like that. Um, and then a few years ago, I transitioned into more of a administrative or a management role overseeing campus pastors and things like that. So I was no longer kind of on the front line of pastoring people. I was no longer um, day in, day out um, doing things that felt natural to my strengths. Now, I was also able to use some new strengths that I maybe didn't use in a previous season. But that's been interesting to me is... Um, being kind of a, a couple layers removed from seeing the the daily fruit, you know, of ministry, getting to pray with people at, at church on Sundays and getting to walk with families through hard seasons or through great seasons. And that's, that's challenged me. It's caused me to um, certainly rely on God in a lot of ways, but it's caused me to become a leader who accomplishes things a lot more through how I can influence and help other people rather than just by doing it myself. Yeah. And that, that has demanded a lot of faith and a lot of trust on my part for sure. Yeah. Um, how, how would you say, because it seems like you didn't like chase exactly what you're doing now. You were just obedient in what was right in front of you. 
and, and often I think in my life, that's how God has revealed whatever the next assignment was. And in fact, you've used the word assignment several times, which I I tend to like more than calling right now because I think we misuse calling so much. But how can someone discern, you know, they've got their giftings, they've got what they're they're good at, maybe there's something that's before them that could stretch them. How do people actually discern what their calling or what their assignment actually is, and maybe even back up from there and define what you mean by calling to begin with? Yeah, it's a great question because calling is, it's this big, huge, vague concept that we've smuggled a lot of different things into it. And we don't all, we don't all always mean the same thing when we say the same word. Yeah. Um, so when I say calling, uh, I actually heard Brad Lominick, who's an incredible leader. I heard him the other day say, every person has an identity an assignment and a calling. Your identity is who you are. Your calling is why you're here and your assignment is what you're doing right now. Hmm. Um, and we mix those things up a lot. Right. But I think calling is that kind of deeper, uh, it's that deeper reason. It's the thing God puts you here for. And that may be expressed through a lot of different assignments season to season. So your calling is not as small as your job. Your calling is not as small as your position right now or your name on the org chart or your title or your income level or even where you live. Your calling is something that is much, much deeper than that. And I would say a couple of things in the spirit of trying to clarify and discern, like, what is my calling? Number one, I would say your calling is always connected to the kingdom. God put us all here to play a part in this, this beautiful, massive puzzle that he's bringing together of establishing the kingdom in the world. And how crazy is that? God doesn't need us. He doesn't need our help. And yet he wants us to be a part of it. That's so beautiful and so amazing. And so he will, he will draw us into places as we pursue our calling where we are participating in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I, I would suggest is if you're trying to identify your calling, start by asking the question, where is God moving? Where's God moving right now? People will ask me a lot, when did you feel called to be a pastor? And my response to that question is, I don't know if I ever did feel called to be a pastor. I am a pastor. I've been one for a while now. I'll probably continue to be one. But there wasn't there wasn't one moment where God told me to be a pastor. For me, it was growing up a part of this church um, where God was moving in such a powerful way, where my life had been changed, where my family's mm -hmm. life had been transformed. God was moving. And all I knew is that I wanted to be a part of this and I wanted to contribute in whatever yeah. way I could, whether that meant cleaning the toilets or being a pastor. And that's what it's shaken out to be. But I would, I would say you will find your calling as you move towards where God is moving. You'll yeah, find your calling as you great. move towards where God is moving. Uh, I mean, as you were talking about, you can fulfill your calling through several different assignments I was thinking about how for most of my life, you know, I started leading worship when I was in college and loved music before that. And I began to tell myself that I was called to be a worship leader, but I ran into a problem when I was no longer a worship leader anymore, uh, when I stepped away from doing that. So I had to wrestle with, well, did I lose my calling? Was I not called? And what I began to process through that whole journey was my calling was much deeper than just being a worship leader. The worship leader aspect of it was a specific assignment for a certain period of time that helped me live out my calling of being a pastor and to help people experience God. And even when I was a worship pastor, but I was not leading worship, I began to see, oh, I can still help lead people 
in worship if I'm not on the stage. So I began to have to see my calling through a broader perspective and less through the narrow lens of the thing that I liked doing in the moment. And yeah. I've, I've heard you say before that your calling will require suffering. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, that's that's the uh, the point that nobody wants to hear. <laughs> uh, and again, when we when we um, conflate our calling with this idea of self fulfillment or achieving our own desires, then we will always we will always try to move towards comfort and away from hardship. But all you have to do is spend five minutes flipping through the Bible, and you will you will quickly see that pretty much every person that God called into anything significant had to suffer for it. They had to walk through some level of pain or loss or confusion or disillusionment. Um, some of them died for their calling for the thing that God had led them to do. And so when we read that, it shows us just how far we've often come when we think that Pursuing my calling always means moving away from discomfort and moving into the thing that feels good. It's going to be hard. And that's another indicator, I would say, when you're trying to go through this process, this journey, and it is a process. We will mm -hmm. spend the rest of our lives uncovering and clarifying, almost like an archaeologist slowly unearthing something that becomes clearer over time. That's what it feels like as we pursue our calling. And as you go through hard things, God maybe uses hardship more than anything else to, to reveal to us what he's trying to do in us and through us as yeah. well. And I think one of the things that trips us up sometimes is when we get so focused on a certain destination, like mm -hmm. you said, I'm called to be a worship leader or I'm called to plant my own church or I'm called to start a business or something like that. And again, it's not bad to have goals. It's not bad to have aspirations or ambitions or anything like that. But the reality is calling is more of a pursuit than a destination. Calling is more of a process of following God. And the reality is I think God is a lot more concerned with who we're becoming in the process than, than with what we're accomplishing. Yeah, We tend to focus so much on the job that I want, the thing I want to achieve, all the things that I want to accomplish. And I think God is so much more concerned with what is the kind of person you're becoming along the way? Who are you becoming in the process? I 100% agree with that because I think so often we chase the calling that we wish we had rather than actually carrying out the calling that we do have. And if you look in the New Testament, most of the times calling is mentioned, it's in the general calling that we have to follow Jesus. So, you know, 2 Timothy 1 9 says he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Um, 1 Corinthians 1 9 says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with the Son. So there's so much in in the New Testament about being called to live like Christ, to love like Christ. And you can carry that into any situation that you find yourself in. Um, yet we so often want to escape. But a lot of times that's that's the hard thing. It's hard to live that way in your current job, your current circumstances. So we want to chase the thing that we think is easier, exactly like you're saying, but God wants to form something deeper and greater in us. Absolutely. You and I have both said, you know, it's not bad to have dreams. It's not bad to have desires. It's not bad to have aspirations to do a certain thing. Yet God 
might not have that thing for you. So how do you balance that tension of, well, God, do you just want me to be miserable or, you know, (laughs) help us understand that? Yeah, I think it's a matter of order. I think it's a matter of which comes first. Mm -hmm. What's the primary thing? And when we get off track, it's because we've made our own desire the primary thing that we're seeking in our life. It's not bad to have dreams or desires, but God will reform and change and upgrade our dreams and desires as we seek him. So the primary thing in our life should be seeking God, seeking his kingdom, seeking his face, spending time with him and knowing that as we do that, he will not, he, it's not about God taking away all our desires. It's about God sometimes exchanging them for better desires. Because like we talked about earlier, God knows better than I do. I know better than my two-year-old does. And over time, as we spend time with God, as we seek him, as we invest in our relationship with him, he will reveal to us things in ways that we hadn't seen them before. He will, he will show us how small our desires used to be. But if we'll just settle at the level of the first thing that I want or the thing that I feel like will fulfill me, I may get it. And that's the scary part is I may get it and I may get to that mountaintop and realize, wow, this didn't fulfill me like I thought it would. And that's when we have to go back to God and, and, and just ask him, God, will you, will you upgrade my desires? Will you reform my dreams so that they align with your purpose? One of my favorite scriptures that I always come back to in this subject of calling is Proverbs 19, 21, which says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a, per- in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We will have our plans and that's not bad, but at the end of the day, God's purpose is so much greater and it will prevail. So our pursuit should be trying to align as much as possible our plans with the greater purpose that God has in mind for our life and for his creation. Yeah, that, that's so good. Because even in my life, and I'm curious if you have a, another example from yours, you know, I used to think I could never imagine my life without being a worship leader. Yet it's been, gosh, how long has it been since I've led worship? Probably six, seven years. And I'm actually more fulfilled now because God has changed my heart. And He's, as I was letting go of the thing I thought I couldn't live without, I was finally in the place for him to reform my heart and reform my desires. Yeah. And give me new passions and new, you know, we our life is is a long journey. And sometimes I think we get so narrow and think that what we want to do now has to be the story for our whole life. And, Absolutely. And we take the pen out of God's hand. Yeah. So for me growing up, I always thought my dream was to be a writer when I was in high school and even early on in college, I always thought that I would be an author or a journalist or something like that. I had this passion for writing. And and when I stepped into ministry about 10 years ago, um, that desire basically vanished from my life. And it didn't feel like I was sacrificing anything. I wasn't sad about it because I was stepping into this new, awesome passion that God had given me to do ministry. And I just kind of viewed it as something that was a part of my past and, and that I had moved on from. But what's been really cool over the past year or so is God has actually been kind of renewing and restoring that desire in me that I never thought I would I would have again. And I've had some different opportunities and some projects that I've been able to work on where I've been working that muscle again and writing again. And I mean, it's been so fun. It's been so fulfilling and, and so life-giving to me. Um, but 
it just goes back to that idea that God's purpose always prevails over our plans. And as we are able to release our plans, we can step into the better purposes that God has for our life. And sometimes that means he's removing a desire. Sometimes that means he's changing or reforming a desire. And sometimes that means he's just going to put it on hold for a season and bring it back in a different time. And so to see that, that kind of passion and, and desire for writing kind of come back into my life. I'm in a very different place now. I'm more mature. I'm more ready for it. And it looks very different than what I ever would have expected. But man, if I had always followed all my own plans, I would have missed out on so many incredible things that God has been able to do in my life and, and through me and in my family over these past 10 years. And, uh, and yet God still finds a way to bring our desires along as it aligns with his purpose, which I think is just so beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that story because I think you had to walk through a heart posture of surrender and like getting your heart to the place where you wanted what God wanted more than you wanted what you wanted. And in the process, that's usually when our hands are the most open to receive the good things that God does have for us and how God redeemed those desires and, and shaped them and brought them about in ways you could never have foreseen on your own. So I think that's a really, a really cool journey. Now, I think a lot of this, you know, as we talk about, discerning calling and trying to figure out, is this dream from the Lord? Is this passion from God? It takes a lot of self-reflection and and honestly, just stillness and solitude to be able to discern, is this God's voice? Is this my voice? Is this something the Lord wants? Is this just something I want? But that requires a level of, of thoughtfulness that is uncommon in our culture. Can you talk about how you've practiced that and then I'd love to get into the resource that you have available for people to do that at the end of the year, because it's something that I've used and it's been incredibly powerful in my life. Yeah, that's so key. I mean, we are always being called by something, whether it's our own preferences or the pressures of the culture that we live in or the expectations of other people or God. And so the ability to discern what is actually calling me right now, what is coming from God it's something that we have to cultivate in our lives. And, and it only comes through number one, connecting with God and having spaces and moments where we're doing that, but also through reflection. When we talk about calling, we tend to get so fixated on the future and the next thing that I'm supposed to move into or the far off destination that I'm supposed to work my way towards. And I think when we, when we focus so much on the future, we miss so much of the value that comes from looking back on God's faithfulness mm-hmm. in our lives and, 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 and even just reflecting on the things that we've been through personally and, and how we've grown and what we've learned and all that sort of thing. So for me, it was probably about seven years ago. Um, it was, it was actually the year that I came on staff at Elevation Church. There had been so much change in our life and and we had gone through a lot of, a lot of things. We, we've been through good things and bad things and hard things and, and fruitful things. And, and there was so much that had happened. And I remember as that year was winding down, it must've been November, December, sometime between the, you know Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas. It, it's that season where we're kind of winding down the year and beginning to look forward to the next one. And everybody's setting their goals and setting their resolutions and deciding who they want to be in the next year signing up for their gym memberships and all that sort of stuff. And, and I love that. I love being, being intentional and being strategic about the future and setting intentions for ourselves and objectives and things like that. I think there's a lot of value in that, but it just felt wrong to me to step into this next year 
without taking some time to, to really reflect and remember and look back on all that I had gone through and all that God had done. And a lot of it was attached to gratitude. Mm-hmm. I think when we're so quick to rush on to the next thing we're trying to accomplish, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to really give God gratitude. And when we, when we give God gratitude, we're glorifying him, but it's also so restorative for our own souls to do that. But also just sifting through the lessons that I was able to learn as I thought about the hard things that I went through. So I remember that year I said, I'm going to take a whole day (laughs) and it doesn't always have to take a whole day, but for me, I I just wanted to have that time. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to look back and I'm going to remember what, what have I been through? What happened this year? What are the highlights? What are the, the low moments? What are the things that I'm proud of? What are the things that, that hurt me? Um, all of it and just process it and, and spend some time writing down some reflections. And, and over time, I've kind of formulated a series of questions that I will ask myself that, that kind of facilitate this process of reviewing the past season. And, and that's become an annual ritual for me. And I really, really look forward mm-hmm. to it every year. It, it's been one of the most I think productive and life-giving practices that I've implemented in my own life. And so, yeah, it was last year that I decided, Hey, maybe I'll put some work into this, you know, make it into a resource that I can kind of create uh, the opportunity for other people to use it as well. Um, And it's been really cool. It's awesome to hear the feedback of how people have engaged with this tool. And, and ultimately the value in it is just giving yourself permission to stop giving (laughs) yourself permission to look back. And knowing that so much of what God is trying to teach us and so much of what God is going to to use to grow us comes mm-hmm. from looking back, not just moving forward. Yeah, that's so true. I, I mean, I remember we downloaded that guide that you released last year. And not only did I go through it just personally, but we took a neighborhood walk as a family. And I remember asking our kids, like each of those questions and we had just an amazing time of reflection on everything God had done in our family's life and, and what we all had learned. So I think it's there's personal reflection, personal contemplation, but then you know there, there's also something that happens when you do it as a community and as a family too. And we can share. Look at look at what the Lord did in our lives this year, and we can grow from each other's yeah. other people's gratitudes and our gratitude. I don't know what a gratitudes is, <laughs> but, um, but I remember it was very it was very special for us, and I do think there's something very significant about looking back over your life and connecting the steps that God has ordered in your life to give you clarity for the next steps that you need to take. Because so yeah. often we just move on to the next thing without really allowing the lessons from the last season to take root in our heart. And so I highly encourage every listener to have some sort of end of the year reflection practice before moving into the next year. And I think, Greg, your guide is a very um, helpful tool that'll help people take that step. How can they get it? Yeah, you can download the resource for free at gregbosch.com. And I think it'll, it'll help you. I, I love the way that, that you've used it for your family, Wade. And, and that's cool to see is there's a lot of different ways that you can apply this. But, um, but being able to create that clarity for yourself through the practice of looking back, I think is really powerful. So you can pick that up for free at gregbosch.com. Gregbosch.com. So make sure you get that. I'll link it in the show notes. And also people can follow you on Instagram at Greg Bosch. Yeah, that's and- right and get more of your regular musings on all things calling <laughs> and purpose and 
and all the good stuff. Do you have any um, closing thoughts you want to share? Yeah, I would just say I, I love everything that you're uh, teaching us and re- releasing out into the into the world right now. Wade, so much of so much of this process of discerning calling and understanding where is God leading in my life. It comes from having a discipline of hearing God's voice. And part of the problem is we live in this world where we are so overwhelmed with noise and with busyness and hurry and and we're consuming so much information and so much anxiety all of the time. And so it's no wonder that it's so hard sometimes to feel God's presence, to know that he's close and to hear the voice of God and to hear the, the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And it really does require us to create margin, to create space, to get quiet enough in our soul so that we can hear what God is saying. And so much of that happens through um, through spiritual discipline, through silence and solitude and Sabbath and prayer and all of these things that, that you talk about so well, Wade. And, and I know I've learned a lot. So I would encourage everybody, number one, keep listening to the <laughs> podcast. So make sure that you're Make sure that you're applying these things into your life and, and giving yourself those spaces where you can really quiet your soul and hear. Awesome. Well, you're too kind, my friend. Greg, thank you for taking time uh, to just share your heart with, with me. Once again, I'm always encouraged by any conversation we have, but also sharing your heart with our listeners. Uh, so I can't wait to, to have you back one day. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Wade. I hope you were as encouraged by that conversation as I was and that you feel Uh, some greater clarity around what calling is and is not in your life, and that you feel more equipped to live out your calling as a follower of Jesus in whatever situation, whatever circumstance you find yourself in right now, even if it is hard. I I just pray that God will give you the grace and, and the eyes to see the opportunities that you have around you to actually live in the fullness of your calling, not one day in the future, but right where you are now. So I encourage you to get that year-end review that Greg mentioned. I've gone through it, like I said, with my family. I think it'll really help you spend some time reflecting on the goodness of God in your life. So you can find that at gregbosch.com. I'll put it in the show notes. Once again, if this podcast is really encouraging you, subscribe and then share this episode. Share it with a friend who's confused about their calling and who could really be ministered to by this message. So share it, subscribe, and then come back next week for another episode of Dreamers and Disciples.